Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 59 Employers Liability Insurance. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and I'm here to help you thrive in your role as an employer. This is where small business owners gain employer intelligence in around seven minutes every Tuesday and Thursday. On the last episode, we learned about the elements of your workers' compensation and employers' liability insurance policy. And in episode 11, we took a high level look at the benefits paid by workers' compensation. And today, we'll learn what the employer's liability section of your policy covers on this episode of Small Biz Brainiac. Let's rock this. So part one of your workers' compensation and employer's liability policy pays the benefits that you're required to provide to your employees under your state work comp laws. And part two of the policy protects you against your common law liability resulting from on-the-job injuries or illnesses. Now, common law liability is responsibility that's imposed on you by law that's based on custom, as opposed to statute. Now, in my opinion, common law liability is more difficult to comply with than statutory law because it's the accumulation of case law rather than published law. It's rooted in the idea that you have a legal duty of care based on your role, and in this case, your role as an employer. As a result, You're liable to third parties for the actions of your employees, and that liability is mostly covered by your commercial general liability policy, but not all of it is. Some of it's covered by your employer's liability policy. Basically, employer's liability fills the gap that exists between your general liability and your work comp policy. Let's say your employee gets hurt or becomes ill on the job, and as a result, a third party ends up incurring damages. Well, the third party turns around and sues you. If the lawsuit isn't covered by your general liability policy, then your employer's liability will most likely cover it. Now, although your employer's liability coverage applies to all claims not specifically excluded, the policy does describe the four most common types of claims that are covered. Third-party claims, claims for care and loss of service, claims for consequential bodily injury, and dual-capacity claims. Now, here's an example of a third-party claim from the Institutes, which is an insurance learning organization. Let's say your employee is injured at work by faulty equipment. So your employee gets a lawyer and sues the equipment manufacturer. The manufacturer turns around and sues you for not maintaining the equipment properly. Next are claims for care and loss of service. Now, this is a claim filed by the spouse of an injured or deceased employee for loss of consortium, where your negligence caused the employee's injury or death. Consortium is defined as the inability of a spouse to have normal marital relations, which is a euphemism for sex. However, state laws vary on the rights of the spouse to file this type of claim. Then you have claims for consequential bodily injury, and an example of this would be where the parent of your employee suffers a heart attack after hearing about the injury or death. And finally, dual capacity claims. So let's go back to the faulty equipment example, but in this case, you're the equipment manufacturer, and so your employee sues you. In all of these examples, you can be liable even if your employee receives work comp benefits 
which seems to fly in the face of the exclusive remedy feature of the work comp laws. So as you've learned by now, there's always exceptions, right? Now, unlike workers comp, which doesn't have a limit on the amount that it will pay, the employer's liability coverage has three different limits, a limit for each accident, for each employee, and then an overall policy limit. And the minimum limits are 500,000 for each of these. So for example, an accident might involve two or more employees. Let's say four employees are injured in a single accident and all four have the exact same damages. And those damages are $200,000 each. The maximum that the policy will pay is 125,000 to each employee. But if only two employees were injured, they would each receive the total damages of 200,000. Your defense costs are also paid in addition to the policy limits. The standard employer's liability policy has 12 exclusions and several of them are for claims that would be covered by other insurance. Others are for claims covered by various statutes. And no claim is covered if your employee was illegally employed or if you intentionally caused the injury to your employee. Now here's an interesting example of an employer's liability case. It's Hewitt versus L.E. Myers. Hewitt was an electrician and he was working on de-energized electrical lines when he was electrocuted. He filed a work comp claim and he received benefits. He also sued his employer, arguing that they permitted him to work on the lines without rubberized gloves and sleeves, which, had he been wearing, would have prevented the injury. He claims that this was a violation of Iowa law, which holds the employer responsible for civil damages if they deliberately remove an equipment safety guard with the intent to injure another. Now, you'd think that this would be a hard thing to prove, especially when it's the company's policy that he wear the rubberized gloves and sleeves. And in fact, they were available to him to wear that very day, and he chose not to. He actually said his supervisor said that he wouldn't need them since the lines had been de-energized, but the supervisor denied that conversation ever took place. Regardless, Hewitt won a jury award of $597,785, which was affirmed upon appeal. However, the Iowa Supreme Court ruled that the protective rubberized gloves and sleeves are not an equipment safety guard within the meaning of Ohio law, so they reversed the judgment of the Court of Appeals. Now, hopefully you're beginning to see that there's a correlation between employers' liability, workers' compensation, and workplace safety. They're intertwined. I've done several episodes on workplace safety teaching you about the duty to provide a safe working environment. That includes reasonable, safe tools and appliances. It includes a duty to warn and instruct your employees of the risks that they'll reasonably encounter on the job, and even a duty to provide you know, competent fellow employees. Fortunately for Ellie Myers, they did all of these things right and they ultimately won. Well, there you have it. For this episode, if you have any questions about this or another employer issue, please don't hesitate to ask. Simply go to smallbizbrainiac.com where you'll find a question form on the homepage. You can also reach out to me through the contact page. I also have a favor to ask. I would really appreciate it if you could take a few minutes to give Small Biz Brainiac a rating and a review on iTunes. You know, the more positive reviews that we get, the higher the show ranks in the very crowded business category. And the more, the higher it ranks, the more people can find it. 
Well, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.